Welcome to Last in Line Podcast, where we are highlighting, showcasing, and spotlighting great leaders of faith who have overcome adversity, cultivated resilience, and served others in a significant capacity. So settle in and be encouraged by this episode of Last in Line Podcast. Gentlemen, welcome back. Hey, I want to talk to you tonight about fatherhood, but in a little bit more serious and technical context. Uh, If you're like me, many of us have overcomplicated this fatherhood role. I don't think we've overestimated it because it's worth overestimating. It's next to being a husband. It's the most important thing as a Christian man in following our design and walking in the fullness of the destiny we were called to from the beginning of creation. And, but I think we overanalyze and overcomplicate. Therefore, we have skewed expectations, all with good intentions, all with the right heart, usually. But then we start to get overly granular in our efforts to develop and improve our skills as a father, our role as a father. We want to be all things to all people as a father. Nothing wrong with any of that. The reason I'm talking about it is because I'm as guilty as anybody. And I listen to various platforms, podcasts, read books, Bible, uh, prayer, talking to other dads. I mean, I immerse myself in the knowledge of being a father and refining my expertise as a father, developing more skills as a father, expanding my impact and influence as a father. And all of those, again, I won't keep qualifying it, are good things. But I think I, for my purposes, I hold on super tight. I am constantly questioning whether I'm doing enough. I'm constantly wondering if my kids have all that they need to be contributing effective, solid spiritual leaders of their home. I am to the point of dreaming up and creating insecurities that aren't even there, that shouldn't even exist, that should not for sure be having an impact on me psychologically to the point of almost feel like I'm spinning out and spinning spinning my wheels and, and spinning out of control because... I can't keep all the plates going. I can't keep all the balls in the air that I'm juggling as a dad. So here's what I boiled it down to. I almost wrote a mission statement for fathers, but I broke it into four quadrants of four roles of great fathers. And I call this episode tonight Faces of Fatherhood. These are the hats we wear. These are the faces we put on. These are the faces we should Put on and have at our 
instantaneous disposal and it's a moving it's a moving target we are chameleons in this regard to a good in the, in a good way we we should be able to adapt and adjust and pivot and a lot of you do i i see a lot of you posting unless you're just posting a completely false life on Instagram. And I know some people post all of their good stuff and very little of the bad, but most of you who listen to this are really genuine, really authentic. Uh, I've met a lot of you. I've at least talked to you on Instagram or, or text or email. And, and I know that you guys are the genuine article. So a lot of you are doing most of the fathering correctly from what I can tell. And I don't know everybody, you know, to the depth that a lot of your family know you. So the real you, you can either raise your hand and say, yes, what you see is what you get, or you can sort of cower in the corner and realize you're portraying something that is not real and that is disingenuous. I doubt that's many of you listening, the latter of those. So I, I sat down I wrote four quadrants of fatherhood and I, this is not a new invention of a new wheel by John Shibley. It is a depiction of what I've seen in great fathers, what I've been as a pretty decent dad myself. I won't call myself great at anything. Um, but these are things that will absolutely, as I read these, I got to tell you, it's, I wish I would have had this 20 years ago. Um, so I'm giving it to you now. A lot of you are far, far along in the game as far as I am. A lot of you are long in the tooth like I am. This isn't your first rodeo. Maybe all of your kids are out of the house, but some of you still have kids approaching teenage years. Maybe they are teenagers and they're pursuing transition into a, another further education or a skill or getting into the workforce. Okay. But I will say what I've learned the most as a dad is that it's never too late to apologize. It's never too late to learn something different or take a different direction. It's never too late to engage with your children even if they've left the home, it's never too late to be a servant for your family. So I don't care where you are in your fatherhood journey. There, these apply and it's never too late. And at the very least, if your kids are all married and gone and you're a grandparent, your kids need to know this and how to be this kind of dad so that they can pass it on and show their children. I'm not saying I have the game changer of fatherhood here, an all-encompassing perfection of an outline. But I will say, when you hear this and you read, and I'll put this in the, all these things in the notes because I want people to have it. If if I didn't put scripture with all these, but I bet you could find a scripture for every single thing that I have here. So a lot of you will have heard some of these in direct context or indirect context before from other people, and that's good. You can't hear too much of a good thing when it comes to being a father. So here we go. 
I I have no drum roll because I'm a little bit stoic tonight because I feel so convicted and so passionate about this. I have a resolve that is deep, deeply rooted within me when it comes to these. And I thank God right now. I thank him deeply for the Holy Spirit sending this message to me opening my eyes and heart to receiving what he has. However profound you may think this is or not, I feel like these were God-given statements and four quadrants that God impressed upon me to stress to you and to impart some sort of wisdom that you can then pass on. 2 Timothy 2.2 2 talks about, and this is just off the top of my head, so I'm going to paraphrase it, but it says, you know, Paul's teaching Timothy, right? He's his, his disciple, his apprentice. He's Timothy's mentor. He says in 2 Timothy, the second chapter in verse 2, he says, Take what I have taught you, teach it to faithful men so that they may teach others also. That's what I hope to be doing tonight. I hope that this can snowball. I hope that this can multiply, can be passed. The torch can be passed and it can continue to wherever you want it to go. Share the episode. Invite somebody to be a part of our audience here at Last in Line Leadership. But guys, I'm. this might be, in my opinion, one of my most impactful, at least to me, episodes that I've ever released and i'm being super hyperbolic unapologetically but i feel that strongly about it so here we go i'm going to read these statements to you and i might give you some i might expand on some of them and give you context maybe on some of them but hopefully like i didn't really proofread these a lot so hopefully i i made sense on these and wasn't redundant on some if i am then maybe god thought it was worth hearing twice here we go, guys. I got four quadrants of great fatherhood, four roles of great fathers, the faces of fatherhood, as it were. The first one, don't know by now. The first one here, and what should come first, is the spiritual leader of the home. I would almost bet you completed that sentence for me. And I bet you already knew what was first or what should be priority in this list. The spiritual leader of the household. I'm just going to read them here. The spiritual leader of a household is both a student and a teacher of truth that is in God's word. We should always be a student and we should always be a teacher of God's word. That's pretty black and white. We can never have too much God's word in us, and we can never encourage our family to be more entrenched in it as well. The second one, the spiritual leader of the home upholds the sanctity of honor and nobility in obedience and submission to the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's a big aha moment, right? Not so much. I mean, that's a 
that's t- a surprise to nobody that that's in there. But you've got to uphold the sanctity of honor and nobility. We have to put those on a mantle above everything we do. That's got to be the overarching theme of our character. Nobility and honor and obedience and submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That speaks for itself. That probably should be etched in stone somewhere. The third one, he chooses the way of both the lion and the lamb, the priest and the patriarch. So we, as the spiritual leaders, will be both. We will be all of the above. We will be tender. We will be tough. We will be lions. We will be lambs, and we will be priests, and we will be patriarchs who have authority but yet have mercy with our family. We should be able to minister and shepherd our flock in this way. The fourth one here under spiritual leader of the household, he serves more than he is served. Many, many guys under the banner of toxic masculinity feel like as long as they're making the paycheck and keeping the clothes on the backs, the roofs over the head and the food on the table, that they will be served because that's what they're entitled to. And that couldn't be any more backwards from scripture. If Jesus said he is here to serve, not be served, then none of us should ever be anything else. The last one here under spiritual leader, the household gentleman, he consistently leads the family in prayer and other spiritual disciplines like reading the word and serving others. I did kind of group some of those together in that last one, but I feel like it's important to understand those go together. Those overlap. We can be redundant when it comes to reading the word and serving other people. And I've got consistently leading the family in that way. It's not making the family do it. It's consistently showing that that is what you're about and that's the priority in your day so that they one day, even if it's not now, will follow suit and lead their family that way. Spiritual disciplines like prayer and and serving, those are, are staples in what our role as leading the home. That's the first quadrant. It's It's a shock to nobody, like I said, that spiritual leader of the household is first. These, the rest of them really can go in any order you want. They're in no particular order of importance. The second one I have, though, is anchor of stability for his crew. Now, I will throw a few, I guess, applicable words to follow a theme. So the crew on the ship, the anchor, you get it. So the anchor of stability for his crew, the anchor of the family, these are statements about the anchor. These are four roles of great fathers. Here we go. The second face of fatherhood, anchor of stability. The anchor of the family stabilizes during moments of chaos and turmoil. And there's plenty of those. If you've got children and you're in the world right now, living today in what we see in culture, you know there's not a shortage of chaos and turmoil. So you've got somebody, if you're not going to do it, who will? Somebody's got to be the anchor that stabilizes in those most unstable and turbulent moments. Second one is the anchor maintains grace and wisdom when making decisions on behalf of the crew. This is your ship, guys. You steer it. 
into calm waters. You steer it away from danger. You steer it in the direction that creates tailwind to make it easy on the rest of your crew. Okay. And so we're making decisions with grace and wisdom. And we have to ask for those daily. It's not just about our strength and our superb intellect and expertise. We are not subject matter experts on grace and wisdom 100% of the time. So I'm imploring you, pray about it, ask for it. God says, if you ask me for wisdom, I will give you wisdom. The third thing about the anchor of stability is he is not easily agitated or confrontational during volatile and potentially kinetic circumstances. When hell can when when things can go to hell in a handbasket and hell can bust loose in your world at the drop of a hat, you can't be, we can't, and this is where I've failed for many, many years, may still fail if tested. I don't know. This is something that I got to be reminded of daily. We can't get agitated. We can't get wrapped around the axle. We can't get confrontational always. There might be times for that, but it doesn't always have to go there first. We can't have a quick trigger finger with our mouth and our temper. Okay. During moments that are volatile and potentially kinetic, and and you guys know what those, I mean, when it gets kinetic, obviously we got to get kinetic mostly. But hopefully that never has to happen. The fourth one here is the anchor is well-grounded. Okay, obviously, right? Or else it's not an anchor. It's well-grounded and has established solid footing that is unwavering from values and standards. So if we expect that from our crew, which is our home, our family, our, your crew could extend to friends, people at church, whatever, brothers in Christ, it could extend to that. But mostly as a father, okay, you've got to be grounded. You've got to be established in solid footing that's unwavering from those values and standards. You're not perfect. And it's it's beneficial to you and your children when you own it, when you make a mistake and you acknowledge you're not perfect and you're transparent in those moments of failures and mistakes. But we don't waver from the values and standards that we all stand on as a family unit. We're unwavering. The anchor is well-grounded and unwavering. That's the fourth one. The fifth one for the anchor is it is he is unshakable despite external forces and or, or an unstable climate. So he's unshakable despite external forces or an unstable climate. So it can get hairy. It can get uncomfortable. It can get inconvenient. It doesn't always have to get to a place of extreme, but it can get, I don't want to stop at the grocery store on the way home. I don't want to help the kids with their homework. I don't really want to go outside and water the grass when it's 120 degrees. But we're unshakable to the standards and the example and the role that we have. We're the leader of the home, okay? So unstable un climate, external forces, people pushing at, uh, against you relationally, financially, emotionally. We don't move. We're unshakable if you're the anchor. You know the anchor. There's a reason for it. When it's stuck in the bottom of the ocean, it's going to take dynamite to get it dislodged from that. 
And that's the point. So we got to be that anchor. That's number two, guys. That's the second quadrant. Again, four roles of a great fathers. This is the, the episodes called Faces of Fatherhood. And this is where we are tonight, guys. I'm so wound up. I haven't even had a sip of my coffee. And we're 20 minutes in. So might go a little longer. I thought I might go shorter tonight. But I hope this is good, guys. We're halfway home. The third face of fatherhood is the king and provider of his castle. Okay, a little different than the spiritual leader of the home. It's all encompassing, right? They blend together. They all are knit into the fabric of our role as dads and husbands. I'll group that in too. But faces of husband doesn't sound as good as faces of fatherhood. So that's what we're talking about. King and provider of his castle. Guys, we're we're here to provide. Okay, we're here to carry the heavy load, do the heavy lifting of financial provision in our family. Nothing wrong with a wife that makes more than you. I will say that. I had that for a couple of years and it really bailed us out early in my career. And I was grateful, not at first, but I got there. Um, pride is a ugly, ugly, bitter pill to swallow. But the king is the guardian of his garden. Okay. We have dominion. This is our garden to take care of and care for and guard and nurture and cultivate. We are the king. We provide all that is needed here. And that's not just material things, but in this context, the king is the provider Okay, of his castle. He provides adequate resources for his family. He is diligent and faithful steward of his time, talent, and treasure. I'm going to read that one again. The king of the castle and the provider of the castle. He is a diligent and faithful steward of his time, talent, and treasure. Steward is a manager. You know this. We manage. We don't sit back and hope it takes care of itself. We don't dump it all on your spouse. You don't, we don't just close our eyes and hold on tight and then just pray that God would fix everything. Yes, we pray, but we have a role. The king has a role. He has dominion over his castle. Okay? This is our land. This is what we defend. And we'll talk about that on the next one. He delegates responsibility to those who dwell in the castle. Right? It's not just about us doing everything and having control of every item and every task, but it's helpful to train and equip those who go behind you, which are your children, who will have children themselves. So it is a exponential multiplication. Okay. It is delegation begets delegation. So we need to teach them how to live. We need to teach them how to have dominion over their castle to provide for the people in the castle. Okay. So delegate so that they know practice. Practice doesn't make perfect. But the right reps make perfection. Perfect practice makes perfect, but that's a whole other topic. Um, so we got to delegate in order for them to get the right reps. Okay, the last one here for king and provider of the castle. The king exhibits righteous intentions and speaks words of encouragement and wisdom. 
So again, there's that word wisdom. Um, we've got to have it if we're going to rule and we're going to reign in our domain here. If we're going to have the face of fatherhood that we're supposed to have as a king, we've got to exhibit righteous intentions. Okay, that means a right heart. That means caring, nurturing, loving, gracious, forgiving, merciful hearts. And our words have to follow. Doesn't mean we don't hold people accountable and doesn't mean we don't reprimand or discipline. That's not at all. We absolutely do. But we come back and bookend that situation with encouragement. We let our children know who they are. You are a Shibley. You are a Smith, whoever you are. You are this. You are God's chosen, His a royal priesthood, a holy nation. This is who you are, the creator of the universe. You're created in His image. So then we come in and we lift them up after we've held them accountable and maybe even had to discipline a little bit and get a little stern. But we exhibit righteous intentions, which means our heart stays pure. That's number three, guys. Three quadrants, okay? Faces of fatherhood. We had spiritual leader of the household, anchor, stability, king of and provider of the castle. The last one, you guessed it. I know you've been waiting for it. I've been waiting to tell you about it. But this one bookends nicely with spiritual leader of the household. How about this one? The fourth and final, last but not least, quadrant of fatherhood. The warrior and protector of his tribe. This is where this is where the juices get flowing. Okay. This is where the blood starts to pump a little bit, a little bit brisk, a little brisker. Okay. The warrior runs toward danger. Of course he does. Absolutely. He claims dominion over his land and defends at all costs. Right? That's gotta be evident. You've got to be alert. You've got to be out kind of understanding the climate the environment of what you're protecting so that you can see it before it happens. Okay. He also equips others to defend themselves. Okay. That kind of goes in line with that delegation, but we're equipping people to understand how to defend their home and themselves and the people they love. Number four, he always is always aware of enemies or threats to his tribe. That's what we got to have. We can't have blinders on. We can't be in our phone. We can't have our head down walking to and from our car uh, in a crowded parking lot. We can't be uh, on the back patio with AirPods in, sunglasses on, laying around with all the doors unlocked and your family inside. We, we can't be oblivious to a world around us. We've got to stay on alert, not paranoid. We've got to be judicious in how we approach situational awareness, and we've got to stay alert. That's pretty straightforward. Number five, the warrior continuously sharpens his sword and his skills for battle. That could be literal, right? Shooting, practice, go to the range, uh, literally, quite literally, keeping your knives sharp. Um, hopefully it never comes to that. But keeping your body capable, keeping yourself in shape, staying strong, staying fit, um, staying healthy. You know, uh, we're not eating candy bars at 10 o'clock. We're not setting that example for our children either. But we've got to be able to, the only way to cultivate a resilience in ourselves and an endurance is to be physically strong and capable and tested and pushed and 
strained and stretched and and really break our bodies down so that they can rebuild themselves and we are that much more prepared. That's sharpening our sword and our skills, guys. Reading is a skill. Okay, we're learning, we're getting knowledge, read books. It's important. Um, so sharpen those skills, guys. Uh, number six. Okay, the warrior is unwavering in his courage, in his courageous and relentless pursuit of justice and freedom. So we don't see other people. We stand in the gap. And that'll be the last one. But we defend those who can't defend themselves. We are, if we're alert, like we talked about, or we're aware of threats and enemies. We can see when other people are in harm's way and compromised. And we can come in. We run toward danger. That was the first one about the warrior. We run toward it. We get in between danger and people who are defenseless or people that are incapable or people that are weaker or smaller or younger or just more susceptible to harm. It's our job to be unwavering and courageously relentless to pursue justice and freedom. Justice, okay? Justice is not drag queen hour of the elementary school story hour. That is not justice. That is not, that is abuse. And so it's our job to rise up and stand in the gap for those kids. Keep stuff like that from happening. I know that's easier said than done, but we're all doing our little part, hopefully to make a dent in that problem. Okay. Almost there guys. The, the warrior lives by and enforces core standards, values, principles that honor God and honor your tribe goes back to the standards that we set. We talked about that a little bit ago. Um, it goes back to being unwavering from values. Okay. We're, we're unshakable. You keep hearing a common theme here. We're courageous. We're unshakable wisdom. Okay. We're relentless. This is the role of a father. These are four faces of fatherhood guys. These are what build this foundation to ensure generations behind you to be able to stand and last and uh, withstand culture, withstand enemies and thrive. So guys, we live by and enforce the core standards and values and principles that honor God, whatever those are. And you don't know what those are if you're never in your Bible. If you're never talking to like-minded believers, brothers in Christ, if you're never pursuing what God loves so that you can love it too, if you never know what that is, you can't do these things. So you got to know what honors God in order to enforce and live by those standards and principles because your tribe needs you to do that. They need you to be the spiritual rock. And then lastly, the warrior stands in the gap spiritually and physically for those he defends and protects. That's a no-brainer. And that really, that statement kind of encompasses everything and kind of encapsulates what my theme is and what I'm trying to articulate, guys. The warrior stands in the gap spiritually and physically. I would even say and relationally or emotionally. Can't always fight people's emotional battles because we can't control how they think. But we can stand in the gap spiritually and, and fight a spiritual war on behalf of them and intercede for them in prayer. We can uh, cast down 
demons and enemies in the spiritual realm for those people. And physically, of course, we can. We can stand in the gap for those who can't stand for themselves because we defend and we protect. And that's what a warrior does. So, guys, that's that's it. Faces of fatherhood. I got four quadrants, four roles of great fathers. Here the four are. I'll have the rest of the, the content in the show notes, but here are the basic staples for this. The four quadrants. Number one, spiritual leader of the household. Number two, anchor of stability for your crew. Three, the king and provider of your castle. Four, the warrior and protector of your tribe. Gentlemen, share this with somebody. Even if they're not a dad, share it. If you have older kids that are boys, that are going to be men, that are men, that are going to be husbands, that are husbands, that are going to be fathers, share it with these guys. Get them thinking along these lines. If we get enough guys on this page, watch culture change. Watch culture relent and watch God's design and his blueprint come back to life of how he intended it. With that, be blessed.